This is Blake Seven in Character, the podcast that travels at Standard by Five to seek out elements from the classic TV show. We'll be taking a look at the one-off characters and occasionally the not-so-one-offs, who they are, what we think, the actor's backstory, and anything that occurs to us as we waffle away. So, stand by to teleport, but this is going to be spoiler-heavy, so it's advisable that you watch the episode first. Merry Christmas, Ian. Merry Christmas, Eric. Yeah, we won't Merry Merry Christmas our listener, um, because as we record this, it's the day before Christmas Eve, but when this comes out, it will be... In the gap, I think, between Christmas and New Year, if not the New Year. So, Merry Christmas to you, Ian. Happy New Year to our listener. Yes, ha- Happy New Year to our listener. He'll probably be sick of Christmas by now, won't he, when he hears mm. this. In oh, which case, listening to this podcast is uh, a good antidote. It is. It's ideal, yeah. Um, there'll, there'll be hardly any mentions of Christmas from this point onwards. Just no. lots of mentions of sadism and, and horribleness. <laughs> Which, what a good way to start that's what the year. Christmas is about, isn't it? Yeah, indeed. All right. <coughs> so, yes, here we are. Here we are. We're at our third Ben Steed script we are. Uh, to mm. discuss. Mm. And um, I'm, I'm conflicted on this one in that it is a Ben Steed script, and I don't mind it as much as I did the other two. Yeah, and I, I agree. I watched this with trepidation. I remembered it vaguely. Um, I remembered there was like a, a planet of criminals and I didn't remember why. Um, but I must admit, I, I came away, I thoroughly enjoyed the episode, but it was, it still had some Ben Steed moments, mm-hmm. which I'm sure we'll come to. And one of the characters that's quite obviously presented as we're meant to feel sympathetic towards him is a horrible, horrible person. Mm-hmm. Um, it, it's, it's almost as if, as if Ben Ben Steed's script was just still as horrible as his others, but then something in the direction or something in the way the actors have decided to play it, it it sort of takes the the pointy edges of of his horrible horrible sexism mm. off of it, doesn't it? It's weird. It is an enjoyable episode, and it's got quite a good story that's not handled. I won't say it's handled really well. It it could have been fleshed out. And handled better mm. but yeah definitely the strongest of his three it is it is yeah i i agree it's good fun um and th- th- this yeah. que- th- this questionable treatment of women i think can be excused isn't the right word for it but um the fact that the people responsible for it are either convicts yes. or the lowest yeah. of the low of the fifth legion you can grant it a little bit more, can't you? Yes, the at least the people that are behaving horribly in this are meant to be horrible. Mm. But it's also um, written that that one of the people that's horrible we're meant to sympathise with. You, um, I've, I've written his name down somewhere, but Doran, you know, uh, you're uh, talking about Ella's Doran, friend. Doran, yes, he he's written that we're meant to be we're meant to find him a lovable hunk, you know, a lovable thick head and we're meant to sympathize and feel sorry that he dies and i'm sorry the only the only reaction i had when he died was a what a terrible way to film a death and b hurrah he's mm. gone yeah um no. but yeah it, 
it's sort of you can excuse i mean this sounds terrible that we're we're trying to work out ways to excuse the the horrendous uh sexism in in these scripts but you you sort of you're right they've they've mitigated it slightly mm. well, not, well more than slightly it, it, it's that still some scenes are uncomfortable to watch but at least that you forget the feeling they're meant to be uncomfortable you're not mm. meant to you're not meant to go oh yeah brilliant go on yeah. you're meant to think these people are horrible yeah. <coughs> and in uh, and in that regard it worked didn't it yes yeah it worked on that on that level yeah, yeah. Um, like i say i I came away thinking I thoroughly enjoyed that, which is is unusual for a, a season three and very unusual for a Ben Steed. Script. For a Ben Steed, yes, yeah. indeed, indeed. Now this is one of the stories where we're actually going to um, return to it. This is a, um, yes. a story that's split in two. Um, today we're talking gross matters, um, and later on during the podcast's history, we'll we'll be returning to do Moloch. Okay, so. I told you that yes, the cutoff yes. point, yeah, the cutoff point today is Colonel Astrid's appearance. Once Colonel Astrid has been seen and Servalan is marched off, that's our cutoff point for today. And as I say, we'll come back for Moloch later on and uh, and finish this story off. Okay. Yes. Yeah, that makes sense. All right. Well, let's get into it then. So, this story starts off with the lovely Turd ship that passes for Servalan's command ship now. Yeah, I really don't like this ship. I, I know some people like it. I, I really don't like it. I don't think it fits the aesthetic for anything else we see in Blake 7. And in this, this show, especially when you see it on the planet's surface on the land bay, it looks like a five-year-old's made it out of Daz Pronto. It's it's horrible. I, just don't, I do not like it. I don't think it's well-made, and I don't think it's well-designed. Well, I, I think I've mentioned before the blame for this turd ship was the visual effect, head of visual effects yeah. at the time on the show, uh, Jim Francis. And the reason he chose to move away from the established Federation craft that we had already seen and go on to this more curvy, organic look was he was so blown away by the derelict ship in Alien. Yeah, but the derelict ship in Alien was built on a much greater scale by a much more talented artist with a bigger budget um yeah i i i it makes sense then what you're saying but it what i mean at least introduce something to explain it i've um, thought of an explanation yeah. which is this is um <clears throat> is it yes it is it's post star one yeah. i thought maybe this could be one of the andromedans ships that's yeah. been appropriated Feder the Federation is on its knees. Serverland needs new ships. That's one of the reasons why she's going to this uh, this place today. Um, and it's an appropriated ship from an alien world. Yeah, which would that would be a really nice storyline. Just you just bung an episode in that does that, where someone mentions it, or you know, Serverland says, it, you know, we're, we're trying to build up a fleet from the wrecks of the Andromedan fleet, or something like that. But just to have it appear, yeah. It's it, it's so jarring, but also you, build a better model of it. It's yes, awful. you could have had Gross saying, "Oh, your your, your yeah. command ship. I've never seen that style before." You could have had a line yeah. from Serverland saying, "Well, you know, when needs must, we have to look elsewhere for our you know technology yeah. or something." Because that that would have fitted in quite well. Because like you say, at one point Gross says about you know if you weren't on your uppers, you wouldn't have travelled halfway across the galaxy just to find one legion. Mm. And he could have put in there, I mean, you know, the Federation's so hard up, it's using captured alien spaceships. So, mm. you know, it'd have been a nice little sort of fleshing out. 
Um, but no, they, it's it's just it's not good, yeah. is it? Okay, well we we we've got it. I mean, for better or worse, we've got it. And yeah, we've got it. Yeah, we got this turd ship, and it flies on a straight left to right along a channel yeah. of blackness because, of course, you know they they you can't have the ship go over the stars because the stars will be shining straight through the ship. So it's a very obvious course this is doing down this black tunnel. Yeah, it's um, it's not even sort of visually pleasing, is it, on the way they filmed it? No, no, and it gets worse later, which I'll, I'll mention yeah. when we yeah. get to it. Um, it's pretty naff, and it's being followed here by the Liberator. 27 days. What? We've been following Servalan for 27 days. Course 6453, nil curvature, standard by three. Never mind the occasional iron cloud or asteroid cluster. Just blast away through them. She's gone mad. Or dead. That's it, she's dead. We're following a rogue star cruiser. I'm bored. You're boring, Villa. There is only Kalkos left. What would Servalan want with a penal colony? Who knows? Perhaps she wants to compare notes with some other genocidal maniacs. Or take a refresher course in basic brutality. It's not, Kalkos. Not? But she's already missed it. She could always turn round and come back again, but why should she? Because there's nowhere else to go. No, there's nothing on the chart. You've come to the end. A big zero. The pioneers called it the outer darkness. I tell you, she's mad. She's finally gone over the top. Well, that's an interesting viewpoint, Villa. Yes, isn't it? Came from talking to herself. Fascinating. And do you have any other theories about Information. The present course has no material end. Suggest transfer from linear progression to modular time shift. Suggestion rejected, Zen. Just a moment. How long would it take for us to get somewhere using maximum time shift? 159 Earth years. That's all I need. And where will that bring us? Repeat. There is no material destination on present course. After 159 Earth years, time shift mechanism will cease to function. Can we go back now? Avon, what do you think? No. She must have a reason. Servalan would not leave her headquarters or the bulk of her battle fleet unless she was very confident about something. It's that confidence that intrigues me. Is she deliberately taking us away from somewhere? Or leading us into a trap? No, she doesn't know we're here. No probe activity at all. Why don't we just blast her out of existence once and for all? Well, then we would never know, would we? And what do you think, Villa? Me? Well, I think we should go back. After all, there's not a lot of scope for a man of my talents, not to mention charm and good looks, but then, on the other Villa! hand... Villa! Villa, please. Information. Forward sensors no longer register target ship. That can't be right. Zen, full forward scan. Negative response. Zen, give us a visual playback from the point of last contact. And we go inside and we've got Villa ranting, you know, the whole 27 days. And he's like, uh, he's ranting as he's serving what looks like antifreeze to the rest of the crew. Yeah, they've been following Servalan. Presumably, I mean, if it's at this distance, then her new ship's scan features are terrible. Yeah. Um, something I didn't notice before watching it this time. Tarrant is grinning when he gets his drink. I don't know why, but did you see he's like grinning? Yeah. For no reason. Yeah. I, well, he's he doesn't need a reason, does he? He's probably he's probably running through his best moves in his head. <laughs> right. I thought when you see um, Avon and Callie, they're at that little yeah. picnic table again, aren't they? And yes. Yeah. I, yeah. I thought they were playing a board game. 
but they're not. It, it's a map of the sector, isn't it? Yes, not a very good map of the sector, but it's, it, at least they're sort of trying, <laughs> yeah, trying it's, to map it out. It looks like a bunch of electrical tape stretched over a bit yes. of perspex, yeah. And it's got a big black area called the Outer Darkness, where ships have a habit of vanishing into. Yeah, which is a perfect circle of, yes. of blackness. Yes, in three-dimensional it's, yes. it, yeah. it, it, it is, is it? You'd have to, to get a circle like that, you'd have to be in a very specific position, wouldn't you? You would. Come at it from any other place and it would not look like that. I don't no. think, I don't, for a space show, I don't think they really grasp space, have they? Well, it's what how, we've said. How it works. Yeah, it's what we've said before that, that they're imagining it all to be as if you're in a sea ship. Yeah, it's an ocean. Yes, yes. Good way of putting it. Yeah, it's the ocean. Yes. <coughs> and, and they're not stopping at Calcos. Um, a, a penal planet is the last stop along the way, isn't it? And 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 Zen says that if they keep following the ship, the Liberator's engines will pack up after fifty nine year, one hundred and fifty nine years. Yeah, I thought that was a nice little touch where it says uh, how long will it take, and it's one hundred and fifty nine years. It's like the journey will take that long. Nope, we'll just run out of power. Yeah. <laughs> Brilliant. Yeah. Um, Avon wants to follow the ship, and Dana rather sensibly says we should just blast her. Um, which she should have been uh, doing all the time. 27 days they've been following her. Dana should be saying, look, blast her. She killed my father. Kill her now, you know. But but Avon... Again, this... this, I was going to say, yeah, again, this this overriding sort of need that they want to know what Servalan's doing. Kill her. It don't matter what she's doing. Yeah, yeah, she's out of your hair. But no, Avon says, well, then we'll never know. I mean, that makes no sense whatsoever. Well, it's a bit like, I suppose, you finding a rat in your attic and rather than, like, put poison down or anything, you want to affix a camera to it to see where it goes. Oh, I suppose. I, suppose. I don't know why, yeah. Well, is, perhaps, perhaps they're hoping that she'll lead them back to her sort of breeding ground. <laughs> There'll be a big, a big sort of queen serverland. Well, like the alien queen in Aliens. Land. Yeah. Yeah. There you go, yeah. So Avon running under Serverland, giving birth to lots of little Serverland eggs. <laughs> yeah, Mark. Yeah. <laughs> All right. The, the the third ship vanishes into the blackness in a really rubbish effect. You know, you yeah, got it a, goes off. It goes off the screen. At first, I thought, oh, the effect's gone wrong. Oh, they meant to do it. It's yeah. so bad. Yeah. And Zen plays back footage, and the crew see the same sideways-on yeah. shot that we saw. That's not possible. How can they be seeing it from sideways-on? They're yeah, following yeah. it. They, they should have a rear view of it disappearing. Yeah, unless, like, the Liberator runs drones out in front of it or something, to, which would be pointless. But yeah. No, you're being too should, kind. Yeah, it's, they, I mean, to be fair, it's not just Blake 7, is it, that does this. Everyone's Star Trek, Doctor Who, they all do this, where you, they're watching footage that you shouldn't ever see. You, yeah, it's not possible to see it, no. yes. And when those sensor probes go off... Um, Tarrant snaps to it with Battle Station, and of course, this is Ben Steed's Captain Tarrant, isn't it? It's the yes. harvest of Kairos, Captain yeah. Tarrant. Yeah, there, there's a few mentions later on where Silverland says, Of course, it would be Tarrant, because yeah, he's still at this point in Ben Steed's eyes, he's the he's the main character of this series. Mm. Yeah, again, I mean, <laughs> I mean, got it, news it, for Ben. Yeah, it might not be Ben's fault. He might have been told this. You know, these scripts were yeah. written before they started the third one, and as we said before, Tarrant, there was going to be this person called the Captain who was going to replace Blake, this yeah. older person. So he could be just writing it for that, and and you know, didn't know. 
But then you, this is why you have script editors, isn't it? Where they contact the writer and say, rewrite this bit, mate. It's no longer valid. Yeah, yeah. Perhaps they were just run. Yeah, perhaps they were just running so tight on schedule. I don't know. I don't know. But the ships rocked as they enter the atmosphere of a planet. Yep. And uh, I do like Michael Keating doing a cartwheel uh, across the floor. Yeah, I was. I, I looked and I thought, is that Michael Keating or is that a stuntman? I d- and I, I wasn't quite sure, but it's a, it's a nice little effect, but it's a bit obvious. They, they cut to it about five or six frames too early yes. when you can see him running to do yeah. the cartwheel yeah. yeah no it's definitely him i like the fact there's somebody just off camera throwing plastic cups and paper at yeah him as as it does so yes yeah uh, <clears throat> and then as entertaining as that was it it takes a nosedive because i think next we've got perhaps the worst establishing shot in the show's oh, history the worst map painting in in history itself let alone blake seven history i think I think you're giving it too much credit. It's, I don't think it's a painting. It's a drawing. I don't think it's a painting at all. It's yeah. yeah, it's a crayoning. It's a yeah. crayon. I, looking at that yeah. on my big TV, um, it looks like uh, the sort of art you get on the inside cover of a BBC annual. You yes. know, well, just we, inside we, the cover. Yeah, we've often said that these programmes were not made for high def, but I think even on scratchy old VHS, this wouldn't be convincing. Oh, it's, it's shockingly just, it's bad. Yeah. It is so bad. That must be a rush job. You know, they didn't yeah, even yeah. have time to get the paints and brushes out. You know, this is like a felt tip drawing. And to make it even worse, they zoom in. Yes. They, they, they yeah. zoom into one of those dice shape things. Do you, do you think that the cameraman that was filming it couldn't believe it? So he zoomed in to see <laughs> what is this? And they just left it in. It is shockingly poor. It's, I think it, I think you're right. It's, it's possibly the worst effect. Of the, the entire, entire show's history. Show. Yeah, yeah, I think you might be right there. That'll yeah. be one to put on Facebook. Yeah. In fact, put up the original one and then do a drawing of it. <laughs> you know, get one of your kids to do a drawing of it in a darkened room. Blindfolded. Yeah, blindfolded. <laughs> wearing boxing gloves. <laughs> and we'll see what uh, how it compares. Oh, dear. Maybe we should do that as a contest on the on the Facebook yeah. page. Can you draw this picture better? And, and show us your entries. It's not much of a contest, that, though. Yeah, it'll be like Vision <laughs> yeah. On. We can be like, you know, Tony Hart asking somebody to yeah. send their pictures in of, can, can you improve this? Uh, yes, I think would be the answer. Yeah. Everybody, yeah. Do you know what? I mean, not often I say this, but leave it out. Don't don't show it at all. Just don't show an establishment. I'd rather have us go, oh, that was a bit of a weird edit. They went straight to Insight rather than show that because you, you're immediately brought out of any sort of uh, suspension of disbelief. And especially as later on, we're going to have a terrific model shot yeah. of the base. <laughs> well, Do you I think didn't... that was still the glue was still drying on that? Perhaps maybe, maybe it was. Maybe it was. Yeah. Um, well, inside the base, you've got two women called Chesel and Pula, who are wearing yeah. quite tight outfits and heels. Chesel, I think I've got something. Aren't you going to report it? No, wait. Pula, you must report it. They may come back. They won't. Why should they? They don't know what's happening here, and even if they did, why should they care? They may. We must have hope, Chesel. No. There. It's done. You have great courage, Pula. I only hope what? No matter. 
Well, almost every female in this episode is wearing something that shows off their cleavage. Yes. And is quite tight. Now, I don't, I mean, I, I, I don't know whether we're blaming Ben Steed for this when it's not, perhaps he didn't have any say in it, but it's weird that this is the tone for every, every single actress is yes. wearing this. Yes, indeed. I, that, yeah. that, that, that was my question. Why are they wearing it? Is it the yeah. local garb? Or is it the things that the Federation men have ordered them to wear? Because, yeah, it's it's like a Benny Hill outfit. It's like something from the two Ronnies when you need a bit of crumpet, you know? Yeah. it's it Also, oh. I, I don't know. These these characters really do nothing. They could have been written out. They, they, they serve no plot purpose, really. They don't go anywhere. Um, I, it, it almost, again, feels like a rush job, and this was perhaps there was something, you know, that left over from an earlier script. There was a bigger part for these uh, two actresses. But they don't, they're just total pointlessness. There's no I, point having them. No, I think the point of them is to illustrate just how horrible the Federation people are. Because if they had been males, um, you know, you're not going to get the uh, the punishment of Pula coming up and stuff, are you? You know, so... Well, I don't know. I, I, I'm pretty certain that, that in prisons... <laughs> There's a lot of male abuse as well going on. Mm, mm. I think what they mean, what yeah, you're, I think you're right. But what they mean is, it wouldn't be, and this sounds horrible. It wouldn't be abuse that's suitable for a uh, a family audience. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Okay, well, Pula has spotted the Liberator, and for once, it's not a bad video effect. I don't mind that little video no. effect, that little blip going across the screen which is the Liberator entering the atmosphere and coming back out. Um, yes, the, the Liberator almost crashing into a planet. <laughs> there is a reason they didn't show you that effect. Yeah. Uh, you know, I was watching a Space 1999 this morning, and uh, an awful one from Season 2, and it involved the Eagle going down into an atmosphere. And as soon as the Eagle flies through clouds... It's very obvious it's a model on wires, isn't it? You yeah. know. So can you imagine if they tried that with the Liberator? Okay. I always thought the Eagle, when it was flying straight ahead, looked great. As soon as it had to bank, mm. it looked like something on wires, didn't it? It was really yeah. weird. Same as Thunderbird 2, as well, you could yeah, say, no, as yeah, well. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, so, yeah, they've got this video of this blip, and Pula erases the record of it, um, doesn't she? And Yes. Next, we're back up onto the Liberator. I think we've pulled clear of it. Clear of what? What was it? Zen, status report. All systems functioning normally. All right, automatic control, stabilise and give us a scan in a cone of 60 degrees. Scan report, negative. But Zen, there was something, a planet or... So stop being pedantic and give us the facts. The planet is located at course zero degrees, 2,000 spatials. We don't see anything. The planet's stratosphere comprises two energy fields. The inner is impervious, the outer refractive to all medium pulse emissions. Thanks a lot, Zen. Zen, give us a full laser scan and printout. So it's as simple as that. Light cannot get in and it cannot get out. Nor can any other medium pulse energy. Nothing from gamma radiation to radio waves. But there was light in there. Zen, play back a visual of our entry. Freeze it there. If there's no sun, where does that light come from? All light and other medium pulse energy is governed by the energy mass transformer 
located at grid reference 319 on the visual display. Zen full magnification reference 319. So that's where she went. Maybe we should go now. Go where? Somewhere a long way away. Why do you say that? Well, now there is technology and there is technology. Anyone who can transmute mass and energy on a planetary scale is not going to upset himself too much over my little sidearm or a neutron blaster come to that. But there's no real reason to suppose they're hostile. They're friendly with Servalan. That's hostile enough for me. Quite. Well, surely then that increases our obligation to find out what's going on. Obligation? I agree with Callie. Servalan with powerful friends doesn't bear thinking about. We should have killed her when we had the chance. Yes, but we didn't. I'm going down. How? Teleport. It will be interesting to see what that energy field does to a teleport beam. All right, we'll take the Liberator through again and I'll teleport from there. <laughs> Why don't you land it right on top of their monitoring station, just in case they haven't got the message? Zen, was our entry monitored from the planet's surface? Affirmative. So they know we're here? Correction. They know we came and they know that we went away again. One thing's for sure. Next time, they'll be ready for us. Zen says there's nothing there and then contradicts himself and says that there's also a planet there. And, and it turns out there is a planet um, and it's shielded from view. Light can't get in and it can't get out. Yeah, the, 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 the science doesn't really hold, does it, on this? But they sort of, they try and give explanations very vaguely as to why the planet is lit up when no light can get mm. in and things like that but yeah it's it's just i think it's just a a, a quick script way of having the planet be hidden isn't it this whole show yeah thing. i don't mind it you know it, yeah. it's silly yeah, science yeah. fiction but yeah. i don't mind it um and and the light on the planet is via this thing this energy mass producer and yes. uh, they asked to see it and there's the turd ship now I think what you're seeing there, you say, you know, Daz Pronto, I was thinking plasticine. I think that's a smaller model than the one we yes. are to see to begin with. Agreed. It, it, this, this entire model base and the ship are too smaller scale. Yes. For the shot they're trying for. Yeah, so um, they've had to... Uh, there's a, there's a, a close-up of the... Yeah, yeah, it just it, it doesn't work. They've zoomed in too far, and as, as soon as you shrink down model sizes it, it gets very hard to get any scale on it yeah, doesn't it, it yeah it's it does it's not convincing it's not convincing which is a shame because that's a terrific mm. diorama yeah it's uh, a nice, the basics it's got little moving parts and, yeah, yeah it's, really, it's good did you recognize any of it um i uh, i didn't i didn't really look at it that closely I, my, my eye was drawn by the turd ship oh, right the okay turdis. Yeah. I'll put comparison photos up on Facebook when uh, this comes out. It's actually the whole of the Liberator. Yeah. Um, it's, uh, you know, in Aftermath where you see the uh, the light capsules launching and we said about, oh, that's a nice, like, Martin Bauer-style model work. Oh, yeah, yeah. Is it that? It's that. Like, just laid down on the laid side. Laid down. They've just laid it down <laughs> oh, flat. Wow. Yes, yes. And uh, that, that they put a, like, little rotating... Uh, dish yeah, there. Dish on it. That dish is the Millennium Falcon's radar dish, by the way, from oh, the right, yeah. from the MPC kit. So that gives you an idea of the scale of the diorama as well. Mm. So this is quite a small. Yes, which model. is why they had, they had to make the uh, a little plasticine version of the turd ship because that turd ship most probably is as yeah. big as the diorama. Um, and I like that they've gone to real effort. You know, they built up earth banks all around it, and you've got some Tracy Island style like buildings stuck into the yeah. cliff walls and things like that. That's really nice. When, when you think 
I mean, we had in in uh, an episode we did uh, a couple of weeks back. We we I would I would have expected them just to use London shots and the London landing mm. and claim that you know Silverland was on a cargo freight. So, so it's nice that they've gone to the effort. Yes, it's, it's not been entirely successful, but yeah, ten out of ten for effort. Yeah, especially compared to what we were just saying about about that drawing. Yeah. You could have yeah, used this. Yeah. You, you film, yeah. film the other way round. Take take out a different angle. Remove the turd ship, obviously, and and just have that as your establishing shot. Yeah, exactly. And it, it, and you are. I we've said this before, but I'd rather have a, a crappy model shot because I think you forgive it a lot, don't you? Oh yes. You go. Someone's made that model. Yeah, that's good. But that that drawing, no, don't forgive that. No, no, not at all. Um, Avon's getting jittery at this point. As soon as he knows about, you know, it's an energy mass producer, he, he doesn't yeah. want to mess with anyone with technology that bit. That See, this, big. Yeah, this this got me a bit because Avon he swings from so wanting to know at any cost what Serverland's doing to oh no, let's get out of here. It, it feels a bit weird. Yeah, it feel, it doesn't doesn't feel like that's something Avon would do. I think his his quest for knowledge is greater than his yeah. Is is being worried about that this is big technology or whatever? He'd be thinking of how can we use this technology? Yeah, yeah. Mm. I mean, especially as you know, in Ultra World, he is the one that wants to investigate yeah. it. You know, yeah. For that I mean, reason, several, yeah. In a few episodes, he's put the ship in danger because of his pig-headedness, isn't mm. he? And oh, wanting yeah. to know something. So yeah, it just, it just felt a bit wrong. I was, I was thinking, I wonder if this was a villa line, but they they've you know villas you know had too much. I don't know. It's weird. It's mm. Doesn't feel right. No, it doesn't. Um, Tarrant's all swagger when he says that, that he'll go down, and but Avon is mocking him and, and yeah. puts him in his place by you know saying about you know I'd like to see you, you know what the teleport makes out of you. I think we all would have liked to have seen that. Yeah, and, uh, or going back as well. Um, down on the base, we've got our character of the week, Gross. Yes, um, he finally appears. Gross by name, Gross by nature. Um, very Benny Hill. I mentioned Benny Hill earlier. Body shape wise, if you put Benny Hill in a in a Federation trooper outfit, you would have Gross here, wouldn't you? Yes. Yeah. You would. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, Gross is German for large as well, isn't it? So yeah. It sort of he fits on three accounts. So he does. He does. Yeah. Pula's there as well, um, and a guard, and Gross is yep. uh, a deputy who Lecter. Um, um, who I know, I, I, I've seen him in, in many ITC shows and things. Yes, he always plays uh, the same type of mean bad yeah. guy, doesn't he? Well, he's he's got he's got quite bad pockmarked skin, hasn't he? And that seems to be shorthand for evil in, yeah. in this era of television film uh, program making. I'm sure he's the very first bad guy that you see in the very first episode of The Professionals who spends most yeah, yeah. of the episode with his hand down Pamela Stevenson's uh, top. He's got a hand grenade in his hand down it? her top. Oh, right. I'm sure that's well, Lecter. That was, uh, that was a uh, Dad's Army script, wasn't it, where Jones had a hand grenade oh, yes. down his trousers. <laughs> <laughs> they really just tevexed out Manorin and put uh, Cowley. Yeah. <laughs> I hate this this set. This set is one of the things they did on the show, which yeah. is it's cheap. All you've got is walls of curtains, haven't you? Yeah. This, in fact, this whole episode, like I say, the story I actually really enjoyed, and it's quite interesting. But the whole episode is let down by the but. There's no budget again. No. Which is a failing that Blakeson runs into time and time again. And normally, I, I you can overlook it and you don't. But the fact that they're going on and on and on about how technologically advanced. 
this space and this planet and this stuff and then like you say yeah you see just curtains or you see standard doors mm. or you know plywood boxes that are meant to be amazing replicators and yeah, yeah it the, the budget's sort of didn't stretch enough no but as i say this is a fun story i really enjoy this story there are aspects to it that i don't like but as a whole i like the story i like moloch um himself um i mean that's why on yeah that's why on the my yeah. you know blake seven ships and weaponry facebook page my 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 image is moloch i like moloch yeah um, i think it's a good design again it it's lit wrong, but mm. that's BBC for you. But the actual, the design and the uh, the the way it's made, yeah, I it, I think it's really good. Yeah, but the, as as this is a fun episode, I used to listen to this on my audio cassette a lot yeah. and, and was word perfect on it. But I was kind of stunned when it finally came out on video to watch it again and yeah. just see how cheap and shoddy the sets are. Yes, terrible. I mean, the the only good set we see is the alien wall panels again mm, isn't it in, yeah in the uh, yeah they're coming up soon transport ship yeah it's but they're you know they like you say they're obviously i don't know whether we ever did get to the bottom of where they originally came from but they they're obviously they are just stock panels that they yeah. use but everything else yeah is just cheap looking it is it is um gross doesn't believe pula that uh the liberator was uh just a meteor a meteor. They do come from time to time, some of them quite large. They're of no consequence. So you erase the record of them? Yes. Whenever they slip through? Yes. Even though they fire a gravity deflection thrust and slip back out again, hmm? And where did this meteor land? In the desert region. How very convenient. Convenient or not, that's what happened. She lies. She must suffer. I'm telling you the truth. Give her to your men. Right, Victor, see to it. God. Damn. All right, let her in. President Serverland, we are indeed most honoured. Let me take her out of here, will you? Madam President, help me! Well, section leader, the records were accurate. Women, food and inflicting pain. In no particular order. The Fifth Legion always encouraged such virtues, Madam President. They sharpen the spurs of duty. Yes. Well, I've come a long way, Section Leader, and it wasn't out of concern for your peccadilloes. And, um, you know, he, he's quite mocking her and everything and quite arrogant and that. And then a voice speaks up um, and we get a POV as it says uh, that she lies and she must suffer um, and yeah. give her to your men. And here we are. We're in Ben Steed territory now. Yeah, this is. Well, th th bits of Ben Steedisms creep in quite badly to this script, don't they? So we've got this, and the fact that uh, uh, Moloch is the ultimate in uh, evolution mm. and is a sexist pig. Yeah. I don't know whether I. I. I think if we find a picture of Ben Steed, he's got that little pawn tash like Moloch has. <laughs> And hairy arms. I think that's Ben Steed. You think? think Moloch is Ben Steed, yeah. I'm going to have to Google image him to yeah. see what happens. Yeah. If we ever meet him, if we ever meet Ben Steed, he's going to punch us, isn't he? <laughs> oh, dear. Oh, dear. Uh, yeah, give her to your men. And uh, Lecter, yes. Le Lecter gives her an off-screen slap. Here we go again. We had yeah. this with Serverland in Rumours of Death, where you're, you, you can't show 
you know, here in season three, a slap to the face, but Avon last week punched, you know, <laughs> Sarah in the face in season one. Yeah, I, I mean, I, I think it, because we see a lot of men getting punched in this one as well. Mainly Tarrant gets beaten up a lot, which I'm, you know, that's all right. Um, that's very two-faced of me. Uh, but um, there is an uncomfortable amount of, of hitting women in these scripts, mm, aren't there? Yeah. It, which it gets very noticeable. Yeah, they just manhandled. I mean, Pula's manhandled yeah. out. I mean, Serverland, yeah. that, that's the point. Serverland comes in and she begs her for help. But yeah, no, she's dragged out, isn't she? Yes. Yeah, she's begging the wrong person for help there. Yeah, indeed. Yes. Um, Serverland calls Gross uh, section leader. So we have another section leader. Yep. And she's heard rumours on this Fifth Legion. Food, women and violence. Yeah, this is... So the, these are... I'm presuming these are like the uh, the SS... Mm. Or you know, Death's Head squad, uh, you know, uh, squadrons and that in in Nazi Germany. And they, this is this is meant to be the worst of the worst of the worst. They don't seem very um, accomplished to me. I mean, they don't seem very good soldiers. Well, I think there is all. an explanation in the script, isn't there? Coming up soon when Gross explains how come he's in command i.e. all the people that were yeah. better and above him they yeah, murdered dead. you know yeah that's true and he's been replacing the the soldiers with uh, prison, prisoners and convicts yeah yeah it, it could yeah. be that, that there are very very few fifth yeah. legion left i mean yeah. next we've got that horrible quarry scene where you've got a bunch of balaclava troopers in a in some sort of cage um being told by a lector that there's a present for them coming down to yes. the gates. Now, these might be convicts just in Federation uniforms. The, the, the Fifth Legion might have been a decent legion, for all you know. Yeah, yeah. It, it, yeah, you're right. It could be that the that the only people left, it's called the Fifth Legion, but it's nothing really, it's not, a, it's none of these people are very well trained or trained at all are they it could be that Le- yeah it could be yeah. that lector and gross are the only two of yeah. the fifth legion and and it's all convicts but this is horrible this is horrible you know uh, there's a present coming for you which yeah you know it causes much laughter and backslapping slapping and and if you listen carefully on the soundtrack there's even a like go on sort of thing as the guys go off you know it's horrible yeah i in this particular story if it was written by anyone else, then I I think you could go. This is quite good writing in that they're meant they're trying to show how awful these people are. But I don't judge by everything else we've seen Ben Steed doing his other scripts and other bits in here. I don't think we're meant to see this as that bad, are no. we? It's it, but it is. It's uncomfortable viewing. Mm. You know, not not in a sort of a, a good way. It was so unnecessary. All this tone is just yeah. unnecessary. But uh, thankfully, we move away from that, and we've got... It's just sadistic. It is, it is. There you go. That's exactly right. But after that, we've got that hero shot of the Liberator that we we love so much. And uh, Tarrant learns about this place called Sardos uh, from Orac. Such trivial questions should more properly be addressed to the ship's master computer. Yes, I'm sorry if it's beneath your dignity, Orac, but Zen has no record of the planet in the databanks, and there's no sign of it in the Federation charts. The body to which you refer is Sardos, a large fixed meteoroid with a single colony of some 300 souls. Are they friendly? They are socially exclusive, but not unduly hostile. What sort of answer is that? A succinct one. To elaborate, the Sardoans avoid any form of social contact which might lead to genetic change. 
their decision to avoid the normal evolutionary process followed exhaustive computer projections into their future. How far into their future? Two million Earth years. Nothing like planning ahead. Yes, well, this is all very interesting, Orak, but how do I get down to the surface without teleporting through an energy field or letting these exclusive characters know I'm coming? You must employ subtlety. Observe the visual display. This is a T-16 space transporter, widely used by the former Federation for conveying troops before the Galactic War. It carries no armament and no scanning devices. Orak, we are all familiar with basic spacecraft recognition. If you cannot listen to the answers, why do you inconvenience me with questions? Observe the layout. The T-16 was poorly designed and incorporates a useless cavity behind the central bulkhead, which is covered by a cosmetic partition. The one who has the skill to remove this from the inside is Villa. What's that? Oh, no. No to whatever it was. Orak, please explain the significance of that. The T-16 will enter teleport range in one minute, 17 seconds en route for Sardos. Zen, full reconnaissance. Cali. Detectors confirm approaching space vehicle on tangent bearing 00, course 645. Confirm no probe activity. Confirmed. You're not seriously proposing to teleport. Can you think of a better way? Callie, I shall need the exact coordinates for that cavity. They're probably on the T-16 design ship. Villa! Oh, no, I'm staying here. Come on, man, you wanted some excitement. Now you've got it. Oh, no. You heard what Orak said. I need you. Come on! Um, yeah, which I, I'm presuming is, like, from the Marquis de Sade, doesn't it? Yeah, it's, I think it's so. It's another very, very Terry Nation-style name a planet after its main trait. plot point. Yeah. yeah, its main trait. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, um, there's no record of it in either Zen or the Federation's databanks, um, but uh, Orak has found out that it's a fixed meteoroid. That's rubbish. That is a terrible name. Yeah. Because yeah, that's a planet. <laughs> yeah, it's a, well, number one. It's a planet, but is am I right in thinking that a rock flying through space is an asteroid, and it only becomes a meteor yes. when it goes into the when atmosphere? When it hits an atmosphere, yeah. Yeah, so it should be an asteroid, not a meteoroid. Yeah, it's just. It's it, it's almost as bad as just saying it's a space world or something, and it? it's they've not again science fiction. The science has to sort of be there, doesn't mm. it, for the fiction to work? And there's not. This is just fantasy, purely. It is. It, I think, it is. Yeah. I need your help on the next bit because I don't quite understand what's going on here. Right? Orax says that there's 300 people on this meteoroid. Okay. And the Sardoans avoid any contact with other planets that might affect genetic change. Okay? Yeah. With the decision to avoid evolution coming after computer predictions two million years into the future. Right? What is going on here? Right? They've... Well, it's, 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 nothing's going on. It's bollocks. That's it, not how evolution works. No, it's, no, no, no. Number one, yeah. Yeah, yeah. They, they, they've seen two million years. The computer predicts... Yeah. Has predicted what they what what will become of them two million years into the future. Okay, presumably they get to see Moloch, an image of Moloch. It's Colonel Astrid that actually puts the projection and, and creates Moloch. But they see that, and when they see that, it's like okay, we're not going to have any genetic change. Wouldn't you want genetic change to get away from being yeah. a yeah. one-eyed chicken, which is what you get at <laughs> the end? You know, you would uh, yeah, you would be inviting everyone round, wouldn't yeah. you? Yeah, and hoping to get off with them. Yeah, and and my other question is, who are the Sardoans? Are, are Pula and Chessel Sardoans? Well, that's what I assumed. That's why I said I th- I I I wonder if the Sardoans featured more in this script originally, and perhaps the budget they went, yeah, we're not we're not showing them because we don't. They're constantly mentioned. We don't really see them other than if Pula is the Sardoan, which I that's what I that's what I imagined. Hmm. But why are they working with? 
these people? What? Hmm. <coughs> well, I, it, I, I, um, I got a city at the edge of the world vibe off of it. You know, they are yeah, technologically yeah. advanced and peaceful, and then these brutes come along and um, you, you, you know just take over and stamp all over them. But we know, but we know that from Avon said that the. They've got such power that how were these people able to? Mm. Were they just naive and you know invited them down? Or? It could be that they that they just relied on the, the this screen yeah. thing that nobody will ever see yeah. them. You know, mm. um, but it, the other thing with this whole script, which just annoys me, is again this and Star Trek was the worst offender for this is not understanding how evolution works mm. and this thought that it's a pre-programmed pattern that can be uh it, you know it can be worked out or that you've got the evolution gene in you or it's just it's utter bollocks, it, is but they, bollocks. It, it gets it gets troped out in sci-fi time and time again um but it's just it's it, it, so that's at that point in the episode my i rolled my eyes and i was like oh god <laughs> um up on the Liberator, Orak is saying they've got to use subtlety. I, I like Orak in all these scenes. You know, you must employ subtlety. When, when, when Taryn's yeah. saying, "How do we get you know through the thing?" Um, use the Federation transport that's on its way, and uh, yeah. it's the London again. It's, kind of, it's the London, yes, yeah. yeah, the London appear. That's so. I've you've yeah, you've, it's answered my own question of why didn't they just use that as civil? They already so, are. Yeah, they use it already. <laughs> yes, but I but the, I like I was just it. Thinking it, yeah. Have we ever have we ever had a bad Orac scene? Uh, have we ever had a bad Zen scene? I think uh, perhaps Peter Tudnam is just too good. I suppose. But yeah, I was just trying to think. You know, if 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 you want to be you know unkind and and do one, you could say the very first time you ever see Orac when Peter Tudnam isn't doing Orac, he's a bit. He's not as memorable. The guy who who played Ensor also did the voice yeah. of. Orac, didn't he? Um, yeah, that's true. It's a, it's almost a completely different character in that one episode, yeah, isn't it? Orac. Yeah. And uh, I tell you what, um, today um, coming back from my mum's, I was listening to the Big Finish, uh, the Way Ahead CD. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Any good? Yeah, very good. Uh, I, I I like the the, the the latest audio adventures in that you know there's been thought gone into it and interesting things mm. come up. I mean, um, um, it's a two part story told in flashback by Avon. Avon survived Gowda Prime in the Big Finish uh, universe, and um, and both stories uh, involved them encountering Avalon. One of our old characters, oh, right. okay, and the first one is set, I think, season two, and uh, the second one is season three. And I like the fact that in season two, I'm sorry if anybody was thinking about getting this, and yeah, this, this isn't really a spoiler, but basically, Travis it has created a weapon. Um, th this is in the season two story, uh, a, a weapon. Do you remember, you know, the very first or second story of Blake Seven? We find out that Blake and Avon worked on the Federation's attempt yes. at a teleport, right? Yeah. Using this stuff called Aquatar. Well, and, and, and they say in the story, yes. oh, it didn't work. It just killed people, you know? Well, Travis has turned that into a weapon. He's got a teleport device. It teleports you and turns you into mush, turns you into jam. They've weaponized Aquatar, which I thought was a very nifty, clever idea. Yeah, and he's also got a, a side business making jam. There you go. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, you can, yeah is um, 
Is there any scene where uh, Villa spills tomato ketchup down his top? No, 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 no. It's come on from those days. No, it's come on from those days. But my my reason for mentioning it is, um, and and it's absolutely not to take anything away from the guy. You know, he does a good job. I think his name's Alistair Locke, who does the voice of Orak and Zen. But Peter Tudnam, it was just perfect in both those voices. The guy's got a bloody hard job. I mean, he he does a good job. And, and he does sound very similar, but it's just not the same. I, I'm almost, almost wish they would just go through all the, get together all the clips of Orak or Zen speaking, chop them up. Yeah. And because I reckon you could do it, especially with Zen, because he had that very stilted cadence anyway, and just make up what you need it to say you out could, of Peter Tudman. Because that's yeah. how the speaking clock works. That's how um, yeah. railway announcements, it, that, 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 there's a data bank of words and you put them together to make sentences. You could. You could do that. Yeah, hmm. I think you could do it. I don't think you could do it with Orak because he speaks more. There's more emotion to his voice, but when, yeah. when, 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 when it's one Zen, level like Zen, yes. Yeah. yeah, yeah, I reckon you could. Yeah, but uh, There's a job for you. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I've had enough editing this, um, <laughs> but I, I I like the fact that the London's here. You know, okay, yes, yeah. it, it, it saves money, it's stock footage, but I can believe that this type of ship is like the workhorse of the Federation. Yeah, and also it, watching these live, you would you wouldn't necessarily remember. You'd go, you you might go, oh, that looks like a ship I've seen before, yes. but you wouldn't you wouldn't go, oh, this is exactly the same footage. Yeah, yeah. The only thing that um um. Uh, I, I noticed this time around watching it is Orac calls it a T sixteen. All right. Yes. Now T sixteen that was the new uh, model of land speeder that Luke yeah. was grumbling about in Star Wars. Is this a coincidence or not? No, I think this is someone in Star Wars, and this is a, a little inside joke, a little nod. Yeah. I reckon. Yeah, that's a heck of a coincidence, isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> and I, I do like that how they've gone to the trouble of doing a pretty darn accurate line drawing. Of the model, of, yeah, of that it. was quite nice. Yeah, yeah it's like yeah. something from the Horizon uh, Blueprint book. Yeah, yeah. Um, Tarrant and Villa are going to teleport across to a useless partition on the ship, and here we go. We've got Ben Steed Tarrant bullying Villa into going yeah, with him. I've, I've put Tarrant is a bully again. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They teleport across. Villa's on one side of this partition. Tarrant's on the other. Um, Villa's side is, as you say, it's got all those panels, those aliens panels. Yes. Um, uh, he manages to get, I don't know why you've got a convenient little hatch, circular hatch in the yeah. partition, but he manages to slide uh, his, his like, lock picking tools through before being found by Doran, this, uh, Doran, the, the yeah. guy we were talking about at the top of the show. And, um, okay, at the moment, he's just like, oh, you know, what you're doing, come with us. So he's okay so far. And, um, and he's taken back yeah, he, in with the other prisoners. Yeah, at the, at the moment he's a. You think he's a bit Danish, isn't it? He's a bit of a a, a, a slow witted. Yeah, a bit of a country yeah. bumpkin type, isn't he? Yeah, he's like that guy in Doctor Who, the one. It's a Tom Baker one where you have he's almost like Benny from Crossroads, and then he gets taken over by an alien force, and he becomes intelligent. Oh, that's a uh, Planet of the Spiders. There you that's, go, um, yeah. Tommy. 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 Yes, yeah. He's yeah. almost like Tommy, isn't he? Yes. Here. Yeah. yeah. And he gets taken back to the other prisoners. I like the way you see about two of them because they haven't got another set for it, and uh, and they're singing. Yeah, it look, looks quite a cramped ship. It does, it? and they're singing the most awful yeah. song. Do you know who wrote that song? The whole "It's Great it, to Be Free." Is that was that Ben? <laughs> it was Vera Lorimer. 
Really? Yeah, yeah. He 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 wrote that, and and you can tell that he, songwriting wasn't his forte. It, yeah, it's not. I it, they're obviously trying to go for the old like sea shanty again, sort of thing. Or, yeah, it's like soldiers type. Yeah. Song, it's yeah, terrible. It, yeah, I can totally believe that the man that came up with that song is also the man that decided it'll be a good idea season three to actually, you know, have lyrics sung by Stephen Pacey over the end credits. Yes. Yeah, but I, I think I think we should uh, we should try and do a a director's cut of season three and put those lyrics. We on. could have done it. We could have done it as a Christmas present yeah. to our listener. You yeah. and I could have uh, could, yeah. sung those lyrics. We could have. Yes. But uh, Tarrant starts cutting through, and we see stock footage of the London landing on Cygnus Alpha, which, yeah, it's night time, and yeah, yeah. That, that, that gated off area, the landing pad, could be part of what we've seen of the base already as well. Yeah, um, I buy it. Yeah, I buy it. I don't buy the fact when he kick, kicks that plate out that he's cut out, it, it, it clunks with a very wooden sound rather than the metal that it's supposed to be. Yes. It, it it does sound like a piece of plywood, yeah, which it most definitely was. Yeah, yeah. Um, down on the meteoroid, uh, Gross is bragging as he lords it over Serverlan. Um, yes. Oh, one one thing in that last scene that I written down that I thought wasn't it lucky that Villa didn't take his gun with him. Oh, I hadn't even thought about that one. Yeah, because yeah, you... otherwise it would be obvious he's not a prisoner then. Yes. So for the one time in the entire show's history, he decides to go across to a dangerous environment. And not take a gun. Yeah, well spotted. I didn't even th- yeah. thought about that. Yeah, so yeah, down on the Metroid, Gross is bragging. Um, he keeps going on about they've got wine from grapes, coffee from beans. Don't like that line. It's too, yeah. it's too modern world. More wine. Real wine from grapes, you know. You like wine? Not particularly, no. Oh, you like this. It loosens you up. We've got coffee too from beans. I like the real stuff. Food and drink. I've noticed. Mind you, I wouldn't care to choose between gluttony and good old-fashioned lust. Probably have to opt for some middle course like cannibalism. Now, what do you say, Lecter? Bit of dressing and an apple between her teeth, eh? <laughs> Section leader Gross, what happened to Colonel Astrid? Colonel Astrid, uh, he met with an accident. And his second in command? He met with an accident too. Yeah, it was a very bad time for accidents. I see. And you assumed full command? Of course, the demands of duty. I was next in line. You were just a section leader aboard a flagship, serving under two pilot captains and a brigade commander. Did they all meet with accidents too? There's a war on. We were in hot pursuit of the alien fleet. I take it that you fully maintained the S&D log? S&D. As commanding officer of the ship, which role you dutifully assumed, section leader, you are responsible for drawing up a record of the serviceability and disposition of all units in the Fifth Legion. Oh, that. So where is my fleet? Your fleet. Oh, well, all that's left of your fleet is one T-16 troop carrier, slightly soiled. Lecter, when's it due in? Should be in now. Touchdown ten minutes ago. Oh, any problems? Not that I know of. Section leader. I came here in response to your urgent request that I resume personal command of the Federation's most effective and powerful legion. Are you telling me that legion no longer exists? Yeah. And my flagship? Well, we crashed into this planet in the dark. I mean, it's easily done. Well, lucky to be alive. Perhaps you'll think differently, Section Leader, after your court-martial. I shall give you an hour to get your personal effects together, then you will report direct back to me. Where are you going? Back to my ship. No. Madam President, 
It must seem to you that we brought you here under false pretenses, but please, there's no need to return to your ship. We've made extravagant preparations for you here, and, uh... And, uh... There are things we want you to see. I mean, would they even still be drinking coffee? That's what I'm saying. So we have coffee in the Federation. We have wine in the Federation. And uh, and again, Ben Steed, he ends it by... There's some reference about cannibalism or something, isn't there? And that's when a girl yeah. comes in and serves him a drink and uh, he slaps her on the backside and said, I wouldn't mind seeing her with an apple in her mouth. You know, so... Yeah, it's, it's horrendous stuff. I mean, I have to say... the. Probably the best thing about this episode, and certainly the best thing about these scenes, is Jacqueline Pierce. Yeah. Servalan is brilliant. She is. This. She's just watching uh, it. Unlike and it's like, the yeah. the, uh, the last Ben Steed one, she's Servalan. No, this is the right Servalan. Yes, yes, yeah. yeah. And and as I say, excuse isn't the word, but Gross is a repellent person. Yeah, he's meant to be repellent. Yeah. So so he fits know, a I, Ben Steed yeah. script. <laughs> Yeah, ideal. They didn't have to change many lines. No. I said, Hang on, I thought it was the hero. Yeah. As, as we say, Servalan's just sitting there watching. Um, yeah. She's not giving anything away. She's ignoring it all. Um, and she wants to know what's happened to Colonel Astrid. Yeah. And it seems he met with an accident, then his second command, and then one, the one below him, and, and so on, until it left Gross in charge, didn't it? Yeah. I wonder what Gross, whether Gross even was a section leader. I don't think so. Um, no. He's the cook, or, or, or yeah, something like yeah. that. Yeah. Um, he explains it away by saying all these mishaps were while they were pursuing the alien battle fleet. Yeah, again, another reference to this. Yes. Uh, yeah, yeah, this epic battle that we never ever saw. And uh, she wants to know where her fleet is because really that's the reason she's there. And it's all smashed into the planet apart from one T sixteen troop transporter. Yes. Yeah, that is the uh, the entire. Uh, fifth fleet, isn't it? The fifth yeah, uh, yeah. legion. And and Gross, I mean, he thinks he's got the upper hand in all this, doesn't he? You know, it, it, he says, "I contacted you to come and take command of the fifth legion," and uh, because he knows that she needs ships to rebuild her empire. Yeah, it's in- interesting. This really nice subtle sort of byplay between Gross and Servalanis, in where he's acting very similar to how Jarvik mm-hmm. acted to Servalan, but Servalan responds how she should have responded to Javik. So she's humouring him and you can see she's humouring him purely on the grounds that he might have something she needs. It, it, it's so much better played here than it was in uh, Harvest of Kyra. Do you think he, uh, she would have reacted more if he had had his bell staff unzipped down to his navel? That's true, yes. Yeah. Yeah. That's something yeah, I don't want to see. Wanted to see that. <laughs> <laughs> And yeah, Jacqueline Pierce is brilliant in this, and I, I, yeah, I, 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 I love yeah. Servalan's face when he tells her no yeah. to her request to yeah. put him un, uh, uh, under house arrest. Yeah, I just, I just wish Servalan had bought more than one mutoid as a guard. Down. Mm. That seems, that seems a bit naive of her. Well, it seems she's just got one mutoid and two pilots. That, that that's yeah. all her command ship consists of. I mean, if that's if that's all the Federation, yeah, if that's all the Federation have got left, that's why she needs the Fifth Legion. Yeah, not good. No, no. Um, we've next got those crap convicts singing that crap song in the quarry. Oh, yeah, they could have trimmed the buddlier. That is very obvious buddlier everywhere. They could have cut a bit of that down before they filmed, don't you think? Um. I don't know what Budlio is. Presumably some sort of plant. Yeah, it, it, it's a plant that grows in, in anywhere. I mean, Canterbury it had the crap bombed out of it during the war, and straight after the war, it, they, they call it the Budlio years because you've oh, got right. this like tenacious plant that grows absolutely everywhere. It's quite pretty, 
Um, but well, there you go. If it if it grows absolutely any everywhere, I suppose it makes sense. It would be here. all right. Okay. All right. Yeah, that being followed by Tarrant. Who who, yeah. who who catches up with Villa, duffs up Doran, ray, yeah. and and takes Villa away. But Villa doesn't want to go, and I I think this is a very interesting little scene there between Tarrant and Villa because he's already hacked off with Tarrant, and it seems that Villa's had enough of the Liberator, and he wants to go off with the convicts. He wants to go back to the very first episode, Villa being amongst his brethren, so to speak. Yeah, it's it's really nicely done. I don't, I'm not. I'm not. I think it's a little bit, a little bit sudden, but after the, the because this is after um, uh, City on the Edge of yes. the World, isn't yeah. it? And and half to come is that. So, yeah, I, I could see that Villa would want to just. I mean, what's on the Liberator for him now? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just bully boy Tarrant. Yeah. And, and Snidey Avon. Yeah, there's nothing for him there. I, I think he would be more comfortable. I think he would have stayed. Yeah. And also, we know that Gan was his friend, and mm. this is someone that's quite. Until we find out quite how rapey he is, he's quite Gan-like, isn't he? And and Urko-like yeah. as well. There was a guy called yes, Urko, yeah, wasn't there on Sickness yeah. Alpha? That was a Arco. Arco yeah. That's it. No, Arco. Urko was an ape. He was a gorilla. Wasn't yeah, he? He, yeah, that was it. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, we should do. We should do a play, Planet of the Apes in character. Oh, not if it's the TV show. Oh, god, no. No, perhaps not. No, no. On the Liberator, Avon's figured out that the transporter is nothing to do with Servalan and wonders yes. why they're shipping in prisoners from Kalkos. Um, but Tarrant uh, is down on the planet. He wants teleporting back up. But uh, we've got this thing about, oh, Callie works out, you know, that the teleport will work if you recalculate it and reset it. And Tarrant seems to have worked it out at exactly the same time as well. Yeah, I mean, also, I was just looking through my notes and... There's there's a brilliant bit where Ben Ben's idea of how clever Dana is sort of manifests that she's watching a recording yes. <laughs> and expecting to see a ship land. She can't see the transport. Yeah. yeah, I was staggered by that. I was like, what Wait. what that's so insulting. Yeah, yeah, yeah. She's made this mistake because she's a woman. Yeah. Ugh. Yeah. It's just horrendous. It is horrendous. Yeah, I'd forgotten that bit. I think I blanked it. Yeah, you blanked it. That, that, wisely, that doesn't perhaps. do the character any favours yeah. at all. Um, yeah, they haven't recalculated. Callie's still doing it, and he gets zapped yes. with this new weapon that gives off a terrible video effect, which is definitely I, going on the list. I like the way they um, they bring it out like it's a big space bazooka. Yeah. And they're literally about 10 feet away yeah. setting it up. And Tarrant <laughs> and doesn't, doesn't see it. <laughs> oh. Yeah, and it has the same effect as if they'd have just lobbed a brick at him. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And uh, what's laughable as well is they, they zap him, they knock him unconscious, and then the trooper takes a card out of the weapon and he shakes it as if it's like, yeah. like, like yeah, it's an old Polaroid. Polaroid. Yes. <laughs> I mean, even, even now, you kids wouldn't know and what that is, hmm. would they? No. That, that you had to shake Polaroids. But it's not wet. <laughs> Nothing drips no. off of it. You know, I, as, as you said earlier, you know, it, it, it wasn't HD imagery. Then, oh, yeah. But... yeah. Although, that they've just used that to capture Tarrant's brainwaves. Mm -hmm. So perhaps it is very wet. <laughs> yeah, he's got his whole character. So, yes, it is yeah. very wet. It's, it's, yeah, it's just dripping with sarcasm and wetness. Oh, you, 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 you're saying that wouldn't have happened if it had zapped anybody else. It, I but think if they'd zapped if they'd zapped Avon, it would have, you would have had a, like a Windows full disk full <laughs> symbol, and it said, "Please insert disk two. Yeah, 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 yeah. 
Um, Gross is showing Serverland the crater where the command ship crashed and the convicts yep. there. And um, next we've got Doran telling Villa how his problem is women. Yeah, and this is done in such a way that we're meant to almost sympathise with him or feel sorry for him. Or it, it's this. This is one of the most distasteful bits. It is. I think, in it the, is in the show. It is very distasteful. Saved minutely. Okay by Michael Keaton's reaction. He, yes. He's got a smile yeah. on his face and he sort of like looks away. It's like, oh, who is this, you know? Yeah, this is... I mean, it's quite nice that this is... For the story-wise, this is where Villa realises that that uh, he isn't quite yeah. Gan-like, no, is he? No. But although, depending on your your idea of the limiter, he might be very Gan-like. We're not sure. Oh, that's a uh, thing. Maybe Doran yeah. should have had a limiter fitted. Maybe, yeah. maybe this is Gan before he had the limiter fitted. Yeah, this perhaps this is you know this was this could have been a prequel story for Gan. Well, why didn't they put a limiter on Doran if his problem is winning? Yeah. Obviously, the authorities know that he's obviously you know a, a criminal for a reason. If it's that, why yeah. hasn't he got a limiter? And, yeah, and he was put on the planet for this pre to the uh, big Andromedan War, so the Federation had all its resources at that point. Mm. Mm. Yeah. All right. Okay. Gross is showing Servalan the reason the place is special. Very impressive. Oh, it is. Don't doubt it. Every fact, every detail there is to know about that weapon is now recorded. Right down to the molecular structure and the disposition of the particles. So you have a very efficient particle scanner. Oh, that's not all. Now that the computer has the pattern, it can produce an endless stream of them, or anything else that you program into it. How? Energy mass transmuter. Takes ordinary planetary matter, usually rock, then converts it into energy. The computer then restructures it into matter of every kind. Precious stones. Gems, crystals, anything you like, so long as you've got the original pattern to work from. And how did you discover all this? Me? I didn't. No, it was Colonel Asfield. I merely subdued the natives. It didn't take too much. They relied too heavily on that energy field of theirs. Though, give them their due, the only way you can find this planet is by crashing into it. No, it was Astrid uh, who saw the value of this stuff, and Astrid who designed Moloch to look after it. Moloch? Master computer. Sees all, hears all, and occasionally says something. And how many of these devices are there? Dozens. Hundreds. They use them for everything. Food, clothing, building, engineering. Oh, yes, some of them are very big. You'd be surprised. Very well, section leader, you convinced me. There are ways I could put this system to profitable use. A great many ways, Madam President. More ways than you've begun to realise. But that isn't why I summoned you to Sardos. Would you say that again? I brought you here because you had something I hadn't, something I needed. A pattern. A Mark II star... That's my ship. My ship. The flagship of a fleet that grows with every hour. God! You see, it is a perfect working coffin. And I suppose that machine turns out perfect working space captains, too. No. If you think of this mouse as a space captain, it's perfectly healthy, as you can see. I'll take your word for it. We make duplicates. 
That's how they come out. Perfect copies, but not working. Colonel Astrid said they lacked a life support system to carry them through the trauma of molecular integration. Well, I took it to mean they snuffed it before they got going properly. Still, no matter. We've got men enough, and more coming. Those men in the crater? Oh, you have miscalculated badly, Gross. It takes a clever man five years in Space Academy before he even begins to acquire the basic skills and experience necessary to pilot an advanced star cruiser. All taken care of, Madam President. We find a suitable pilot, the scanner gets all the details, then Moloch sifts the skills and experiences and programs them into an automatic control system. So long as our men can speak, their ship's computers do all the rest. Unfortunately, when it came to skills, your pilots didn't have much to offer. Where are my pilots? Internment camp. Doubtless I shall think of some suitably entertaining way to execute them. They're no use to me. Though we found a much more enterprising pattern to work from. Now this is a starship captain who knows the lot. A shame he's got to die too. All very clever, section leader. But now perhaps I should tell you something. Shortly before he died, Colonel Astrid sent me a report. What it said gave me serious doubts about your loyalty. Serious enough for me to leave precise instructions with my supreme command. If you persist with this treachery, this planet will be blasted into outer darkness where it belongs. Madam President, if your reconstituted Federation was worth a light, you wouldn't have chased halfway across the galaxy to retrieve one legion. Already I suspect my fleet outnumbers yours. Soon it'll be the most powerful in the galaxy. Apart from which, I didn't murder Colonel Astrid. Perhaps you'd care to say hello. He's perfectly all right. Healthy, well-nourished. There's just no contact, that's all. No sensory perception. He just floats there in a dark, lonely nothingness. Why? He went berserk. Tried to smash up the computer. Seemed reasonable to let the computer think up a punishment for him. And that's what Moloch came up with. Perhaps we'll ask him to suggest something for you. Give all to your men. Well, it seems you've outstayed your welcome. You'll suffer for this, Gross. Um, this is when Lecter takes the mutoid's yes. pistol, puts it in what looks like a microwave. I don't think we had microwaves yeah. back then, did we? Uh, they would have just been coming out, wouldn't they? Late 70s, right. the microwaves. Well, it definitely looks like a microwave. Uh, yeah. The, 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 Mo <coughs> the Moloch computer scans and reads it and produces a card with all the information on it. And with that information, the computer can make as many of them as it wants. It's a replicator, basically. It's a replicator, yeah. yeah before, before Star Trek came up with the replicator. Oh, no, they had them in the original series, didn't they? Where you can well, press and, and had, get a me meal. Was they it? had food slots. Yes, yeah. food slots, yeah. But, yeah. Yeah, um, Colonel Astrid had uh, designed the Moloch or Moloch computer to control the hundreds of all these units that are all around the the the, the meteoroid. Yeah, the Sardoans, you know, they yeah. use them for everything. They use them for buildings, don't they? I'd like to see the yes. microwave box big enough to actually, you know, create a building. Um, clothing, food, and everything comes, you know, through these things. Yeah, they they, they use rock and. Sand and I'm surprised we didn't get a termination mining type scene yeah. to show them getting these raw materials. Again, I don't. I think we probably would have done, but the budget didn't stretch. I, again, this is complete BS. Lecter says, yeah. you know, we take raw material, usually rock, and from that 
you know, create anything. So, so you're saying that all the component parts of absolutely anything you can find in a rock? Yeah. Uh, no. Again, very, um, very 1950s sci-fi yeah. thinking. Isn't yeah. If it? you want granite buildings, if you want granite food and granite clothing, maybe yeah. you know. Yeah. So yeah, that's Tosh. Um, I like again Jacqueline Pierce. Uh, she, she is one of the saving graces of this uh, this scene. I mean, she's happy with what she's seen and says, you know, I, I, I can use this. Uh, but her mood changes when Gross tells her that uh, that that's not the reason he summoned her, and her face changes and she's like, "Would you say yeah. that again?" Because <laughs> she can't really, quite believe really that that he yeah. has the gall to actually say that to her face. Yeah, and it's it's handled realistically how Serverland would handle it again. Yeah, she's not silly. She's not over the top. Yeah. She's not the pantomime villain here. You know, this is yeah, like season one and two Serverland. Yeah, she doesn't stand in front of him and put her arms in the no, air. No, 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 <laughs> And uh, Gross says he needs her uh, mark. She, she goes, that's a mark to stop. That's my ship, and I like that as well. Yeah. It, yeah. It, it's a crappy photo. They've basically got a photo of the turd ship and superimposed it over some stars, haven't they? Yeah, yeah. But I do like that. Um, uh, Gross says uh, that he's already got more ships than she's got in her fleet. Mm. And I'm thinking, who's made these? Yes. Well, so far we've seen you've got a handful of people. Yeah. We've you got know, two. Are Sardo these made on the sir? Yeah. You know. Yeah. I mean, yeah. It's already been scanned. Her her ship's yeah. been scanned, and they're already creating a fleet of them. That's a blooming fast working machine, isn't it? It is, and if you can scan something like that, presumably from a distance, or I mean, I'm pres I'm presuming they didn't drag it along to a, a massive, great big microwave to put in. Why in the little stuff have you got to put it in the microwave to scan mm. it? Mm. Why not? Why you just scan it from afar like they did to ship? Yes, yes. We're thinking too much though. Yeah, we are. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Serverland thinks you know he's got things badly wrong, as the convicts won't make pilots. It takes you know years to um, yeah five five years yeah. in space academy. Yeah, which apparently is what Tarrant did. I don't believe it. He did. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, it's Tosh then, as Moloch says, he can scan the card of a pilot and extract the information and knowledge from that pilot on how to fly and put it into another person. Very Joe ninety this thing. Well, yeah, I I thought he was sort of saying that um, they could scan a pilot and make a computer that so all the all the it's not that the the, the prisoners are getting the brain. Oh, I thought that they were going to put they, it into all, somebody else. Yeah, they're they're just the meatware that presses the button and then the computer does it. Which I thought that's quite nice. That's pretty much what Zen is. Yes, you know, so that, that I quite like that. But can you imagine a? Uh, a computer based off talents person well that, that's what he's saying you know um yeah. you, you know her pilots aren't good enough they've got a, yeah. a space captain in tarrant which they've already captured so they've got tarrant on a card yeah on a very small card <laughs> one one k i'm right <laughs> why are her pilots not good enough i don't know i don't know but is it because they're women See that, that that that's that that's an inference I didn't pick up on either. Yeah, yeah it could be, yeah. couldn't it? Yeah, you need a man to fly the ship. I'm surprised we didn't get a line from Gross saying, "Your pilots are no good. We scan them. All we had was kittens and balls of wool. Yeah. That's all they think unicorns. about." Yeah, yeah. Oh dear. But he also says they can't just scan a pilot and send that through, as as a living thing doesn't have the life support system to keep it alive through the creation process. Okay. 
which is something that's going to uh, pay off. Yeah. When, plot, when, plot device, yeah. plot device yeah. warning. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, which we'll refer to when we come back to this story for the Moloch episode. Um, yeah. Servalan tries to bluff it, saying that Astrid had warned her and a fleet is on its way, um, but Gross is dismissing it. And he also said yeah. Astro- Astrid's not dead. Presses a button, open this panel goes, and we have an odd effect here. This is a very odd effect. Yeah, at first I thought he was showing uh, his one-to-one scale uh, Luke in the uh, back to. Oh, it is very back to tank, isn't yeah. it? Yes. It's not a great effect. I mean, they, they've tried bless them. I wonder what scale this. That's, that was my was. question. Not, it's obviously yeah. a model. Uh, it, yeah. it, it's not full size. If it was a tailor's dummy in a tank of water, you could have it yeah. there. But this is a, a, a video effect that's been CSO'd on top. I tried looking at the bubbles to see if I can guess the scale. Yeah, it was... it, it, it's not. It's not man-sized. It's smaller. No, definitely not. Um, and he's in a nappy, which I found a bit odd. Yeah. Um, I suppose we're, we're at least it was well you don't want the water getting cloudy at least we um, we're spared the fact that it could have been just an action man in a tank yes, yeah it, it, it's a bit same on isn't it in the in the yes, execution yeah. of it um, I don't mind it though I, I, I know I know no, this I, effect is derided by an awful lot of fans but I don't but mind it, it but it works because you are shocked by it you do go oh that that's not a nice face. It's not. It's there's not. something. There's something very unsettling about that model, and I think it were, it were, the, uh, if they'd have just got a stuntman in a tank or behind, a, you know, like the old stingray tanks, mm. and just stood someone behind it floating, you know, ooh. yeah. I think this. I, I quite like it. I think it it works. It does the job. And it, it yeah. No, 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 no. I think it fits with Blake Seven nicely. I like yeah. these like quirky effects at Blake Seven. Sometimes it's it's just down to lack of budget or time that produces these quirky yeah. effects. But it 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 adds to the charm of the show but i i would much rather watch something that isn't technically brilliant but they've tried and they've done their best than i would watch say a, a you know a, a big hollywood film where every shot is cg and looks perfect but you've got no investment in mm, mm. yes yeah, like episode I, eight I think, you've just described episode yeah, eight to me exactly yeah so so i wonder if would Blake Seven had Blake Seven been a glossy American show? Would it have? Would we be doing this podcast? Like? I don't would think so. I don't it? think so. No. no, no. And it is a horrible fate, you know. I mean, he is alive. Like, yeah. He's just cut off. There's no yeah. sensory uh, things going on at all. And it seems it was Moloch's choice of punishment. Uh, it seems that Astrid went berserk and yeah, tried to destroy him. Uh, he is a bit. He's a. Yeah, he's a bit bit horrible, isn't he? Two million he? years in the future, these Sardoans are not yeah. enlightened creatures, are they? No. I, you could say they've speeded up evolution. <laughs> oh, dear. Um, so, yes, um, yeah, that's the punishment that Moloch came up with. And also they say at this point, let, let Moloch decide the uh, punishment for Servalan. And we yes. get, give her to your men again. Give her to your men. Mm. Mm. And that's where our um, our show ends today because she's marched off and she just says you'll suffer for this, gross. And um, that's it. That's uh, um, yeah. it's not obviously the end of our guest character today. Uh, we see his uh, demise when we get to the Moloch episode. So it's so it's sort yes. of like to be continued in the Moloch episode. Bum, 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 yes, cliffhanger. Yeah. So <clears throat> behind the scenes, right? I don't know if you're aware of this, but I looked on IMDb and Moloch, this story, is the lowest rated 
uh, story in season three. Can you believe? I don't know. I I think it's all right. I, there's much worse stories in season. Well, I'm looking. I've wrote them all down. Right. I'll tell you what, let's go on a little bit of a tangent. See, let's see if you yeah. can guess the, the, the highest rated of season three and where... I reckon it will be City on the Edge of the World. City at the Edge of the World got an 8.3, all right? Yep. But there are one, two, three higher than City at the Edge of the World. Sorry Ooh. to put you on the spot here, Ian, but... Can... No, no, no. Let's see. I know fans like Talent. Is it Death Oh, hang on. There's there, there's two higher. There is a joint 8.3. Sorry, Power Play Ooh. was 8.3. Yeah, well, okay, I agree. That's a, a cracking episode. Yeah. So th- th- there um, are two higher. Yes, Death Watch is one of them. Yeah. Okay, um, with 8.1. Oh, no, that's not higher. Oh, Sorry, there, no, there, there is lower. one higher than City at the Edge of the World. Oh, what an idiot. This is rapidly descending into a monthly price. It is. Skit. <laughs> um, one higher than City on the Edge of the World. Let me. I'm going to have to think through season three. And we're talking. I mean, we we sort of having to think what fans like mm-hmm. at the time. It's normally, it's normally like Avon being hurt. So it's going to be. Sorry, there's two. <laughs> two. No, I'm what? rubbish. I'm rubbish. I can't. I can't read me. I'm writing. There's two higher than the eight point three of City at the Edge of the World. I didn't. I didn't expect the Spanish Inquisition. <laughs> um, is it Terminal? Terminal is one. Yeah. And the other is... Um, oh, oh uh, yes. Rumours of Death. Now, out of those two, which is the higher Yay. of the two? Rumours of Death or Terminal? I reckon Rumours of Death will be the highest. Wrong. It was Terminal by point uh, one point. Well, that, at least, I mean, that restores some of my faith in humanity. All right. Now, you, this might unrestore it, Okay. Oh. Moloch, 6.3, right? Highest yeah. ever one, 8.8 with Terminal. Where would you say Sarcophagus comes in that? Uh, do you know what? I bet, because people seem to like it for we- reasons I don't understand. Um, I reckon it's. I reckon that's about an 8. 7.6. You're 8. almost 8. there. 7.6. Yeah, yeah. <sighs> yeah. Well, we'll talk about that when we get to that story, okay? Yeah, I... I think it would be interesting to to sort of to see the range of ages and nationalities of the people that voted mm. for these. I think that would tell you quite a gender bit. as well. Gender, yes, yeah, Gen- gender, age, and nationality. Yeah, yeah. And I'm thinking, and this is this is yeah, this is horrible. Uh, this is probably a bit Ben. Yeah, I was going to say you're turning into Ben Steed. Yeah, <laughs> I am, but I think. Uh, I think that this is this is going to be mainly women of a slightly older <laughs> age group that have voted for these. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I might be wrong. I might be wrong. Can people just remember that was Ian who said that, not me? Yeah, yeah. that was me. All right. Yeah. Okay. Right. Carrying on behind the scenes. Um, oh, what a surprise! Quarry scenes were filmed at Betchworth Quarry in Surrey. Not a surprise there. Um, Debbie Blythe, who played Pula, okay, not right. Chesil Pula, uh, she went up for the role of Callie. Oh, yeah, I could see her as a Callie star. Yeah, yeah, I can. I'm glad she didn't get yeah. it. No, no, indeed. Um, John Hartley, okay, who, who plays Gross, okay, yeah. uh, has a distinction of, for a guest character, having the lowest ever genre tally. 
which is one, wow. which is Blake Seven. This is the only thing he ever did in science fiction, fantasy, horror, or anything. What was his main stock in trade? It was, I, I can believe it, he was like policeman. He was in Z cars and things right, like that. Yeah, yeah. He, he, he's your typical 70s British copper, copper. isn't he? Yeah. 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 So, yeah, it makes sense. He looks like he looks the part, yeah. speaks the yeah. part. So he is the part. Yeah. So, yeah, genre tally of one, which is this. Um, now, our next little segment. That's, that's, is that, that's the lowest we've, it's the ever, lowest had, we've ever had. It's the lowest we've ever had. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I, I only, you know, non speaking extras get, you know, all one. Yeah. Um, the next segment we do is what was it worth it? But I thought we would hold off on that until we do the, the Moloch yeah, episode. All right. So that's it. That's today's episode over. Uh, we're in season three right now. So, of course, we go to season four next time. And so oh, it's time to tie your hair into a top knot as we zip off and uh, gulp, <laughs> um, look at oh. Zucan. Oh, my. <laughs> well, it's, I, when we get to the end of this series, we're going to have a, a run of really good episodes. Yes. Because we, we're going through the bad We're one. getting the stinkers out of the way. Through the bad patch, yeah. So you've basically got about two weeks, Ian, to uh, research that. Right. Oh. Um, got Christmas Research off. it and recover from it. That's what I would do. I, I, I would yeah. uh, watch it, have a few pints of eggnog afterwards, and uh, to, yeah. to, to drown what, the memory away. What would you say would be the Christmas episode of Blake 7 to watch? Do, do you know, you've just reminded me, before I answer that, I was thinking about this this morning, right? Do you remember Blake says, you know, that the Federation banned all religions? Do you think there is knowledge of Christmas yes. in Federation times? Um, is it? I don't. I think. I think Christmas, even now. I mean, it's in the UK. I, I, I know America is a much more religious country, but even in the UK now, it's it's more of a secular holiday than it is anything to do with all that. Yeah. Yeah. Boring Christianity stuff, isn't it? Yeah. I mean, there's always someone that brings up baby Jesus and ruins Christmas, but. I, yeah, I think it's more secular now. So I can I can imagine that yeah, you could get to to Blake's time and still have a Christmas holiday tradition day, and they wouldn't I, have any idea about why you know the, the Christian yeah. angle. Of it. I'm just I'm just rifling through my pieces of paper. I'm looking at all the episodes. I'm trying to mm. think of something where a Messiah is born. Oh, I'll tell you one. Oh, yeah, when, when Avon it becomes the Yeah, that's the, exactly that, what I was about to say. Uh, lady, Deliverance. Yeah. Old Megat thinks yeah. that he's the, uh, the, 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 the one who has been brought to deliver them into heaven or whatever. Yeah, what's, what's, what's more Christmassy than having a godlike being deliver us from uh, our fate? There you yeah, go. I think that's. Uh, and also, I can believe in Avon more, I think. <laughs> Mark, no, don't do it. <laughs> <laughs> that was me again. Yeah. Just that wasn't uh, Eric. Yeah. Eric. Eric goes to church every yeah, Sunday. I do. I do. That's why we do this at three. Yes. Yeah. I've got to go now. Yes. I've got to get on that pulpit. Yeah. All right. Okay. Thank you, Ian. Um, thank you, listener. No problem. Uh, ha- yeah. Have. Have. A, I hope everyone had a good Christmas or has a Christmas, depending on when you're listening to this, or enjoys next Christmas, depending on if you're listening to it. Or the one after that, or the one but, after that. Yeah. Indeed. All right. Yes. All right. Well, thank you, everybody, and yeah, we'll 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 be returning in the new year. Thank you, Ian. Brilliant. And nice one. Thanks. Bye bye.